Happy Wednesday. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio. First downs and flip tricks, and it is the 12th day of February. Woo! Anyways, had to start off with a little Tom Waits for you, because I've got a pretty classy, legendary man in studio today. Actually, two. Uh, So, today, in studio, I'm super thankful to welcome a truly amazing human. He's a super creative on his board and on any any medium he actually touches, a true artist. Um, God, he's a legend. He's living in the fountain of youth as well, and we'll talk a little bit about that a little later. And someone I feel truly blessed to call also a friend, the one and only Mr. Ron Allen. Hey, Desiree, how you doing? I'm good. Oh, this is going to be awesome. You're awesome. <laughs> and, you know, and I would like to make a note that on the far seat... <laughs> <laughs> if you can recognize that laugh, I've got a free can of dab I've of wave laughed. soda for you. <laughs> I've never laughed. I've got Mr. Jim Gray is also in studio. Well, thank as, you. As thank a, you for having me. I'm the chauffeur. I'm yes, the chauffeur. he's a chauffeur. He's chauffeur. got a list of accolades, including uh, chauffeurs on his uh, job syllabus <laughs> or uh, resume. Uh, and I want to thank this wonderful, beautiful lady uh, for helping set up the boards for me today and for us. Uh, we appreciate it. So now, without further ado, again, Mr. Ron Allen. Ron, thanks so much you know, for making the time to come down. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Anytime. I missed you. The last time I think we did the Ford Theater and you had some of the people from the show. And I just was, you know, I think I was visiting Jim and was up in Orange County and couldn't make it down for the show. So Jim so. again was the, the reason. I, I, I cook him a good meal and he doesn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> so this morning that was fried eggs and sausage. He made me breakfast. <laughs> I'm a, yeah. Fried eggs and okay, so I know Mark Johnson was on this show uh, about a month and a half ago, two months ago, and we talked about his infamous breakfast sandwich. Oh. What's what, so eggs and oh, we bacon? Had, we had gra- eggs, sausage. Um, then we had bagels. Bagels, bagels and yes. coffee. It was pretty simple. And we always like yeah. to like go to re- breakfast spots. It's just a cool thing. Oh, to, oh, yeah. so this wasn't at at. Uh, no, I cooked. Cafe I cooked Gyms. this morning. It was Cafe Jim's. Yes, yes. But we were when, the, when in Oakland, we go to his local spots and we got some local seed. We have a bromance going on. We started a bromance yes. like six months ago. There it is. So we're, while we've known each other for many years, right? Totally. We really only got to know each other in, in the, the last, last six months. Six right? months, yeah. Wow, okay, so we could be going in a completely different direction than the interview that I was thinking of. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, let's clarify something. We're not getting married or anything. No, not, like, not we're at just, all. No, no, no. We're just friends. <laughs> just friends, absolutely. <laughs> oh, but good friends, though. It's a good bromance. We really we really click, and we have a good time. So we laugh a, a lot, man. and we, uh, yeah, and he's a good man, too, so that's why we click. So we, we, uh, we yeah, we you just... You know, intellectual skateboarders, you know what I mean? <laughs> Okay. All right. And if I had a sound, then what would I put? <laughs> there we go. The gong. Actually, we're gonna go with the gong. Uh, now, let's. You know. Okay. So. Okay. So we already hit bromance and breakfast. Bromance. Like bromance breakfast. Breakfast bromance. How did that? Bromance. We're not gonna go in there. <laughs> Late night chats. We're not having fun. Late night Romance, chats. breakfast, late night chats. That's what it is. Okay, uh, so we don't want to throw everybody off, though. Okay. 
We're not throwing them off. Okay, all right, all right. Do people have preconceived notions that we're throwing them off? I mean, do we? Do people have certain expectations? That, Late that... night talks, breakfast, and bromance kind of don't go hand in hand unless you want to convey something else. No, I'm kidding. Unapologetic, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like that. That was a little shout out to uh, to Q over yeah, Q. on air with Q. All right, so first skateboard. Well, first of all, New Year's baby. Yes. New Year's Eve baby. What is, you know, What's that like? <laughs> no, I mean, having a holiday and a birthday the same day. She doesn't day. even realize it. I got one, too. <laughs> yes, well, and yes. yes but we're gonna st- I'm kind of oh, trying okay. to separate no, the romance okay. here. Come on, give us some we're New Year's, focus New on Year's stories. Well, I was, you know, being December 31st, 1962, parents, you know, obviously threw me out there in the world. Here you go. Cool. Right on, on with that. But my brothers and sisters always made fun of me. So my parents would always be like, we saved the best for last. Oh, oh, so I think that's what, over the years, it's kind of stuck. Like, oh, you know, I, I kind of got to do, like, my parents were always like, we, we saved the best for last, so I felt like I needed to do good. You know what I mean? Like, yo, all right, mom and dad, yo, go do good. I'll try. Any yeah. memorable, like, uh, more memorable birthdays? Like oh, on? gosh. Every, well, you know, you get that birthday because it's so close to Christmas. Everything on your birthday comes on Christmas. You know, that's that's the, that's the, uh, the downside? Yeah, it is. You know, like, oh, I got you a birthday and a Christmas gift. You know, like, you're like... Oh, birthmas. Birthmas, yes. Yeah, birthmas. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And that, so you'd get those, and then you'd, like, you'd be like, your birthday would come, and you'd be like, kind of like, ah. But then my parents, once again, people, when your birthday's over, people celebrate. <laughs> you got a big old party no yeah, matter what. that's right. So my parents were always like, when you're, the minute your birthday is over, people go crazy. I was like, all right, mom and dad. Like, see, my parents always learn how to take things and turn them into like more positive as opposed to the neck. You know, I guess that's when you when you're a black family living in the civil rights era, you got to turn things to, to make them better. You know what I mean? Because like some of the things that we did as kids, you know, we drove across the United States at a time like in the early late like late sixties, early seventies, where there were still white only bathrooms. And the funny thing to us as kids was. Like, the white-only bathroom was a toilet, okay? And then the black-only bathroom was a hole in the ground. And to us, it's much easier to go to the bathroom in a hole in the ground than it is in a toilet that's in the middle of a field somewhere. It was really funny how we'd get a joke out of that. My parents would turn, like, we would laugh at everything that was supposedly bad, you know? Like, turn it into something positive. Yeah, flipping it all, like looking for the yeah, looking for the glass half full rather yeah, than half empty. Yeah, because I mean, I'm I mean, sure, sounding I'm sure, very cliche, but I'm sure they could have turned it negative for us, you know, like look at all this stuff that people are doing. Oh my God, you know, like this is horrible, you know. They would just be like, "That's their way. This is our way. Keep it, you know. Let's keep it happy, you know. Right keep it positive." That's why he likes me. Yeah, that's right. true. Because everybody We're says back I'm to the bad. Romance. <laughs> Everyone says I'm bad, so he's, he, he's attracted to me. He's like, I'm not. Wait, wait, wait. No, I'm going to pause here. We're going to reset. But I want to ask, is there a hole in the ground for him to go to the bathroom in your house? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> or do you just pee on the trees? That's, just, that's, <laughs> that's true. He's peeing on the you trees. You have to be careful where you pee. I peed the other day in a pool and ended up on an Instagram story. Like it said, oh. trespassing. A picture of me oh. peeing. It's so wild. I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, you gotta be oh careful anymore. Cameras are always gotta on. watch where you're at now. You gotta keep an eye out. Yeah, no, that's cool. And you think, I mean, the, being raised that way, because you do, you have a, a very sunny disposition. You're always, I mean, uh, God, since I've known you, um, just always positive and just always in such a great mood. 
is that attributed to how you were, your parents raised you? Well, um, I, I think, well, I think mostly parents, mostly parents. Um, but I also, you know, was a cheerleader in high school. We're gonna get to that. Okay, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we have pictures. And like, and I and I worked for the United Spirit Association, which was this like cheerleading association. And there was these like this lady named Jay Howarth, who was like one of our like she's kind of I wouldn't say a mentor, but I always looked up to her. Like she was just this lady that was always positive to us and would you know during the middle of they would work us, you know, they would make us to teach cheerleading and stuff. They would really run us and make us. You know, really tired, and she would say stuff to us during that period to keep us, you know, positive and stuff. And so through that, and you know, I I just think life is just way too short to spend time being bummed out. You know what I mean? Like, and and like, yeah, you know, things have changed. Times are times are obviously changing, but I just I just think there's just so little time to spend being negative about things. You know what I mean? And and I think that's what's you know kind of fueled my whole life. I've I've kind of started to like even just recently. Get away the negativisms in my life. Like if it's a person, or if it's a whether it be female or male, or if it's a thing that's not working. It's just I gotta. I had to kind of start moving people out of the way because of the way that I look at life and the positivity I'm trying to bring. If you're not positive, then you can't be on the team. You know what I mean? Like, and that's no disrespect. If your life has led you down a path that you need to, like negativism sometimes fuels people. I know that when I first started skating that negativism fueled me. I was angry, I was pissed off. And like my ex, my ex-girlfriend's mom one time asked me, she said, um, she says, yo, you get so mad skateboarding. I said, you know, I'm trying to learn this trick, I'm serious, I'm trying to make my stuff, you know? And she's like, you ever thought about not being mad? And I remember right then I was like, whoa, like, and this lady I hold in high regard because just the things that she said to me have been so amazing. And so I started to change the mentality of that we as human beings, we really speak evil and ill to ourselves. And so I just wanted to stop that and started to say, every time I wanted to say something ill to myself, I just replaced it with, I love you. So instead of being like, oh, you, you know, you blah, you idiot, you did that, I'd be like, I love you, Ron Allen. You know, like, I love you. <laughs> instead of, because the dissing and the negative terms, it, it feeds upon itself and it can get worse. And then what, you know, my, my, my ex-girlfriend's mom really pointed out to me is that we, we live in this, in this internal struggle to try to keep positive. So. I've been doing that now for like four or five years, and and it's really been it's it's kept me like you know hanging out with Jim and coming to see you and I did Tommy's show and yeah. it's really I've really seen my life change because as much as I thought that everybody around me was part of the team and part of what we were doing, it's like that's not what it was and and I've really been blessed to to be with like like these these people the Janier family from Sarasota Alex and his wife Heather who are really positive and they really. They like the way I am about that, and they want to work with me. So I think, you know, that's one of the greatest parts is that it's created people that want to work with me, you know. Well, and, yeah, you've got a, a great message. I mean, you know, because it is. I, I you know, I, I myself, I know it's a constant struggle. You mm. know, you're a piece of, sh you know. Yes. Uh, you puss. Yes. Like, you know, what, like, if I can't push myself with a trick, you're a fucking puss. Yes. You know, I mean, just this, all this, you know, that I, you don't even... I mean, I try the other stuff of the positive or the meditation or like getting out of myself. Or for me, I get into the present. Yes, yes. You know, I try to now. see where my feet are. I look around. I see red car, green tree. You know, like I mean, sometimes it's that basic for me, and it helps me get grounded in the moment because I, I'm not worried about yesterday or tomorrow. Yeah. You know, I'm losing today if I'm in those either of those places and missing, you know, the positives. Well, and so I mean, there's so many tears, but well, living in the now. 
is something that, you know, we've all, we've had, most, a lot of us have had past, you know, like, you know, I, I was, I was, you know, with some people who in their lives had past that they weren't exactly proud of. And I would always say, you know, but that's past. And what your future is, is what you do. And, you know, I, I think that's another real weird problem we have as human beings. We tend to judge people. Like my dad used to say to me, you're only as successful if you die as success. Oh man! And I would say, "What do you mean, Dan?" He says, "Because when when you when you te- when you pass, that's the last amount of achievement. That when you're dying, you can't achieve anymore. So when you're achieving and you pass, that's what you get. So if if you're constantly achieving and looking to do better in your life, you'll do better in your life. But if you kind of lose the struggle and go ah, throw your hands in the air, you know, it's like I I have this new saying: you know what will happen if you don't do it. <laughs> Nothing." Yeah. And that, and like, so if you go out and do it, things are great. But if you know what will happen if you don't, you know, nothing. Yeah. can only talk about it so much. Yeah. It's about, and then like, and then my, my ex's mom gave me this whole paper on don't talk about it, but be about it. Like, the idea that, because I would go to their house, you know, you're going to visit, you're going to visit your girlfriend's parents. So you want to make sure that they know that you got some plans. Like, you're not just, I'm just hanging with her, you know? So you'd be like, <laughs> telling them, I got this, and I'm doing this. And they're like, yeah. And, and her parents were so nice. They'd be like, yeah, Ron. <laughs> oh, yeah, Ron. Oh, that's so nice, Ron. And her dad would be like, oh, that's good, Ron, you know? But then she gave me this paper, and it was the paper was a, a, a whole art, like, a, like an essay on don't talk about it, just do it. And then let it come out. And then when it comes out, then let people, then the talking about it won't be that you're speculating about something. You'll be talking about something solid that you created. And that, and that was, you know, because in hip hop, you know, we're all about, yay, this and that. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'm this and I'm that. But that's, and I've been through this and I've been through yeah, that. Yeah, but that's hip hop. And it's, it's, it's we're kind of over glamorizing and, and saying stuff at the point that it may not be so true about us. So uh, not everybody lives the hip-hop game, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's really something that I've learned over the years, too, is that, like, every like when I thought I was hip-hop and I thought I was making music and involved in it, I wasn't even close. Hip-hop is just music. And then I, like, linked up with, like, Jason Moran and Taurus McKean and, like, Chuck Treese, and they all, like, they were like, yo, we just making music. And I remember, like, what? And I was like, like, you guys ain't making hip-hop or jazz? And like, I don't know, man, we make music. And I was like... That's when the big change for me, too, is, like, people, they do what they want to do, not what everyone thinks they should do, you know? Like, that's another part of, like... some people do, not everybody. Well, not everybody. But, like, when you talk about your attitude, it's your choice. That's the one thing about everyone. You have to choose to be happy. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I I could write. If people say, how are you doing? I go, got a good list and a bad list. I just focus on a good list. I got a bad list that'll make your toes curl. I just leave the bad list alone because it's a it just ruins your day. Well, you know, you know it's there. You wake up, you decide, do I want to be happy today or do I want to be pissed? I can be I just pick ten things in my life that suck and just go be pissed. And I go fuck that. I'm gonna pick yeah. a couple goods that don't suck. That's what I'm gonna focus on. You there know, it is. so we have a good time. We laugh, yep. but we choose to laugh. You gotta and, choose it. You know, and when just, you look at and laughter we, is healing. Laughter oh. heals everything. Ooh. Nothing feels better than freaking laugh. I joke when I talk about skateboarding. I got three tricks. I carve, I grind, I giggle like a little girl. That's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I giggle like a little girl is the best trick I do too. Because he's, like, he's not mentioning the speed at which he skates at though. Right? <laughs> well, velocity <laughs> is fun. Velocity is a joy. Exactly. The guy that goes. Should be on the list. Yeah, the guy goes Mach twenty through all these things, giggling like a little girl. To cover up all the lack of tricks I'm doing. I, I know how to. I, I still like to flip my board. I can't yeah, help it. I don't know how to flip my board. No, I can't. I can do old school kickflip. You 
you can do it. I called a kid called call it a barrel roll once. I did. I did it on a bank at a skate what, park. With the two feet? I, I did two old school, just flip out. He goes barrel roll. I'm like, I seriously shriveled up. I was 97 years old the second he said that. It was really funny. Barrel. A long time. It was like barrel like, roll. Barrel. He was like barrel roll. I'm like barrel roll. I figured I'm picking an old dude, country dude, spinning on a barrel in the lake, like like log jammer. I'm like what the hell is a barrel roll? Like, oh my god. Okay, so I can see the video now. <laughs> Barrel roll. Barrel roll. Oh, All right. Well, if you're just tuning in, I'm joined by Ron Allen. You can follow him on Instagram at Ron Allen Skate. Yes. SK8. SK8. Ron yep, Allen SK8. The way to spell it. And, uh, okay, so Vesalia, <laughs> first board, high school cheerleader, first flight. First flight, Bryce Knights. Yep, I talked to Bryce. Bryce Knights. <laughs> Rice. Talk about that trip. That was too. Actually, I was just in Atlanta. Uh, I was in Atlanta for Super Bowl week. Okay. Uh, covering, you know, doing uh, yeah. on media angle uh, at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and the press conferences for the Patriots and Radio Row. But so it was funny that he brought up this Atlanta flight, your first flight. Yes. You want to tell us a little bit about that first flight? Yeah, I was my my first flight was to a, my first pro contest in Dayton, Ohio. And um, like I was, I never, I never had flown on a plane before. And like I was sitting next to Bryce, Bryce Knights, right? And like I, we were getting ready to take off to go to Dayton. We had landed somewhere on the way to Dayton, and they had this. I think Atlanta. Yeah, so we flew to Atlanta, and then Atlanta, we're flying to Dayton, and they came out in Atlanta and started spraying this orange stuff on the plane, and I'm just like looking out the window, and Bryce is looking at me like, "What's going on, dude? Why?" I'm all. Dude, like they're spraying stuff on the plane, man. Like, what's going on? And he goes, Well, we're flying into like wintry climates. It's gonna be gnarly and stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I probably turned like a different shade of he color. He said he looked like scared. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I was like, I was, I was butt ass scared. Like I was like, oh my god, like look, we're gonna fly. And he goes, there's snow on the, you know, like you're turning into a big icicle and right. just fall oh, in the sky. Like, well, this is the di. Like Bryce was dope because he knew what it was. They're de-icing it, the plane. and like they're keeping us from like if the plane wings get too much ice, they can't land. And so he's like explaining it to me. But as he's explaining it to me, I'm like, oh my god, the heart's sinking. I'm like, we're gonna die. But we landed, and yeah, it was that was my first pro contest. Yeah, and he said it was a super stormy flight, though. Oh, a lot of turbulence, and oh, you looked like ash. Like, oh, you, gosh. You, you know, you uh, were like scared. Huh? Uh, I was like, great. <laughs> I wasn't black anymore. I was great. I was scared. <laughs> great. It's a perfect mix of black and white. That's right. And you know, that's the thing about like Bryce, man. Like, that was rad of Bryce, because. He was. He could tell I was scared, so he kind of kept talking to me. You know, every time that he would stop talking to me, it would like, be like, oh damn! And then he, we got this, man. <laughs> I love BK. Yeah, BK. BK to the fullest. He was distracted. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the special friendships in skateboarding. Ooh. I mean, this is such a family. I mean, and it's gotten so big and so different, but there's still, there's still the core, like. Our family. Like yeah. We have like this, and I feel blessed to be a part of that as well. You know, but oh, we have. So but we. speak it on. Speak what that means to you. I mean, I think about. <laughs> I remember. I remember like doing really bad at a. I remember doing no really good at a contest, and the sponsor not giving me something, and me kind of being bum, and I'm on the payphone, and I'm like talking to my sponsor, and Everett Rosecrans. <laughs> I remember I, <laughs> I get off the phone, and I'm like. 
wow, man, I got third place to like Nottis. I guess Nottis won. Jesse got second, and I got third place. And I'm feeling really good about myself. And my sponsor told me to take all that I had won from this contest and sell it. And that's the way I could get home. Oh. And, and Everett Rosecrans was like, what? He goes, I'll like, I'll like, tell, call him back right now and quit. And I'll, I'll give you vision stuff. And I was like, all right, man, I, yo, I, I quit, man. I, I can't ride for you no more, man. I'm, I'm like, I'm going to ride for somebody different. I'm hung up. And then I got in the vision van and went down to L.A. and got bored. And it was just like a whole change of my life. But I remember that was like part of the beginning of this industry that like everybody had talked about that was like, here was this man who knew me not from Adam and was like basically telling me, yeah, you were skating really good yesterday. What Your sponsor wants you to like sell all your stuff to go home? Like we were vision. We wouldn't do that to you. So next thing you know. I'm, on, I'm in the Vision van headed to L.A. I'm supposed to be headed back north to college, and I'm headed down south to go to Vision to get more boards and figure it out, you know? So that's, that's like, Everett Rosecrans. That was, like, he was kind of, like, the beginning of the, like, his, like, like that. He was the team manager for yeah. Vision. He was one of the first dad. Yeah, he was, like, the dad. He just he took care of I met him at Skatopia with his little five-year-old kids skateboarding when oh, they were little Kelly, kids. Kelly and Beatle. Kelly and Beatle, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He was, like, he was probably in his 30s, but seriously, you know, we're, 15, and we're like, dude, look at that old dude with his kids. And, yeah, he you know, it's funny, he's 20 years older or younger than I am now, whatever. but back then, that was just so few yes. older guys. It yes. was like, wow, father figure, you know. You know, it was and, good, too. And back to your uh, barrel roll. Barrel roll. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was the barrel roll generation, yes. Well, and he, 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 was, he was, but he even, even like towards the end of the vision thing, he was like, look, you know, this is going to change for you. You're going to have to, you know, Vision's gonna change. He kind of knew. He saw the writing on the wall. Things happening. And so he was like, when you know, we were on the way to this Las Vegas contest, and I remember I was sitting in the front seat with him, and he was like, you know, man, you're getting older. The way he said it to me, I could tell he was like, you know, you're really not gonna be able to. You get becoming a man am. You know, like you're getting a too man a man am. You know what I mean? You're a man. Man am. You ever heard that? Oh my God, that's so man. That's, that's, yep. You've been an am too long. You've been an am too long. You've been an am. You're never getting to be pro. You're a man am. If you've been an am past 25, oh, you're a man am. Okay. So man ams have jobs. They're like, <laughs> I want to have a man am competition. You know, like have a stripper pole. No, I'm kidding. But no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no the idea though, it's like I was like, wow, you know. This man is like telling me that it's I'm, it's kind of reaching this point where I've got to make some decisions. I'm not going to just be able to stay on this company and get boards. And so I remember I was like, in my head, I was like, I got to kind of win this contest. <laughs> like I was an amateur and I never even thought about winning a contest. I never even like, and I got second. So, which is controversial, but whatever. I got, you know, Kelly got 94.55. I got 94.50. So Kelly got to be pro the next year. And they told me I had to be am another year. Wow. And I was like, another Dude, you were to be grandpa, man. I was going to be gram am. <laughs> I was going for some gram am stuff, man. I was like, whoa, bro. Like, And I remember that was kind of the beginning of like me talking to Mike. And Ternaski had come to skate camp, and he, he had kind of seen what was going on. And then Ternaski had given me a ride to visit my mom, who was in the hospital with breast cancer, which was crazy. And then the whole way from that ride to my mom's, he asked me, every, Mike turned asked me, asked me every question about skateboarding. Like, who's this? What's that? What? And I was the whole time, I'm just answering him like, 
I'm going to see my mom. I'm more worried about her. And he's clu I'm cluing him. He was him quizzing in. you. Was, or you were educating was, him or quizzing him? I was educating, educating him about him, yeah. the industry that I knew, which probably at the time wasn't, I probably was just as ignorant. But I was, he obviously gleaned enough from me that it was literally three months later that I get the phone call that, hey, you want to write for H Street? And I remember being like, what is H Street? Like, where'd you get that name at? Like, so straight you, off the 805 in San Diego. Well, actually, you know, you, they got it off the freeway in San Diego. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm always like, I'm like, you know, you guys couldn't have, you didn't, couldn't come up with something else? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you, like, you guys couldn't come up with, like, something else? Like, like a, a name? Yeah, HP, <laughs> like, like, you and, know. And, and still. Yeah. And still, it's, like, got one of the most noted, respected names. Yeah, it's like, I'm like, wow, like, who? what is in a name? You know what I mean? If you think about it, like, really, what is in a name? And that's. The, you know, early on, early days of H Street were like, people were like, H Street? And you're like, that's that's what they call it, bro. And, and the posse and caliber of skateboarders on H Street throughout Woo. the decades? Woo! I mean... Oh, no, I, gnarly. I mean, it was gnarly. gnarly. They changed oh, skateboarding. Not only, we've talked about me and Ron yeah. a lot, not only because of the riders, but because of their methods. That actually right. was the catalyst of the change of skateboarding. And the method was in the yeah. madness of it. And, that's and, then, and Mike also, I mean, uh, this, and this was the way it was approached and it really and it created with, the Turk controversy. Plan B yeah. later, you know, right. I mean, and, and then another whole, yeah. you know, it was, uh, it was dynasty. The, the or, first you know. beginning of the backstabbing era. Well, and you, complete, and you, I always, yeah. I always right. think about this. Like I, I always try to explain to some of the girl chocolate guys and the Plan B guys, if you take the H Street tree and the branches off the H Street tree, there's a Plan B branch, there's a, you know, all these different branches, and, like, they all come back to the origin of what H Street was. And H Street wasn't based on, well, there were some, obviously, issues about that, but early days, when we first started it, it was based off of, you like, Matt Hensley, Ron Allen, we didn't have sponsors. We didn't, so we all came together on this, like, sponsorless people on a company being sponsored. So it was all good for the original first guys because we were, this is cool. And then there was a point where it was getting bigger, obvious. But then there was a point where it was so big that now the five guys that had kind of taken the chance with it were now, we were like has-beens. And there was, six, I remember there was a team list that was 60 people. It was three pages long. I was my, they didn't go by alphabetical order, so I was trying to find my name on it. And oh. like, you know, <laughs> You're like, like, I'm A. I'm well, a. I mean, <laughs> seriously, they, they stole everyone's amp. Well, and at the end of and the that's truly why there became no amateur skateboarding in the early 90s, because when they started stealing everyone's AMs, everyone else turned all their AMs pro and that made, to stop them from quitting. Right. So that was the start of the whole destruction of the pro model. I mean, everybody was given a pro model turn pro that wasn't amateur. So it went from 50 or 60 pros to about like 200, 200 yep. you know, in about two or three years, because everyone kept, they would go to a contest, and you'd be like, Danny Way rides for Paul Peralta in the semifinal finals. Danny Way now rides for H Street. Like, what happened behind the ramp? He was made a deal. He made an deal. offer. He was yeah. like, well, you know. I mean, um, and also, I mean, well, and that, Powell has always had phenom phenomenal well, amateurs. Well, what I they mean, were doing is they were grooming them. them. Yeah. You know, they had four pros and 10 M's, three of which were going to make it. But they were grooming them all to see which were going to make yes. it. So all of a sudden, they're starting to get picked off. Petty picked off, like, they give you two boards a month, we'll give you eight. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They're, they're, that's how it whole, literally started the whole change of skateboarding. At that, that was literally where it started. Ron and I have talked about this yes. a lot. Well, and, I mean, it, and, uh, and then before you know it, you see big name guys jumping off. And people are panicking, like, dude, how do we keep our guys? He's going to be our next pro. He's going to leave. They're going to offer him more. Like, turn him pro. You know, so guys started getting turned pro that weren't going to be pro yet. Oh, you know oh, what I mean? And oh, everybody was turned pro. Give them all, turn pro, give them all. And before you know it, there was almost no amateur skateboarding. Well, no, that's the know? thing. It's like, I remember, okay, John Montesi, who owns Westside. Mm -hmm. I, we, we did the some sort of contest in Florida. John gave me a ride. I took 
you know, thank you for the ride. I took our 8th Street board and gave it to John. John at the time was work, was writing for Paul Schmidt. Mm-hmm. And Paul Schmidt saw that I had given John a board. And John was one of his ams. And so he's like, next thing you know, now John is on New Deal. <laughs> like, it's like. No, seriously, it made people step up and they, literally like, change skateboards. Right. So they made, like, it made, like, John to this day says, man, if you wouldn't have done that, I, I you know, whatever. I, I'm like, I, I'll, you know, I did that because you gave me a ride. I appreciate it. But you could see that, like, other people, we were, you know, we didn't even know that about ourselves. That we didn't know that, like, people would think, well, if Ron Allen gives that guy a board, he's going to quit and ride for A Street. Because, because okay, you didn't have that consciousness. No, I didn't have, and, but it and, was and, for the people who were in the industry. It was right. just a thing. A like, Street yeah, consciousness, thanks. dude. I had one of the craziest angry moments I ever saw was at Am Finals in Ventura or something like that. Todd Hastings was the Powell team manager, Ryan Ridgeway. They were, like, having meetings. We're going to fucking kill this guy. He's going around and... And behind all of our backs, and these guys kind of had this sort of a truce, like keep it fair, groom your kids, raise them, and then it was a disruption. The disruption was just coming at them. They're like, whoa, this has been for like a decade. We've all just been kind of cool with each other or whatever. Not a decade, but you know. Yeah. Uh, but but they were pretty cool with each other and didn't just randomly poach from each other. Suddenly, they're all getting poached from. Well, and and so they're angry, and they're like, dude, I'm going to kill these guys. Like, you know, it's like they're behind the ramp making deals with my team guys on this petty, like, you know, it's two boards to eight boards. And, you know. Well, and that's, uh, and I just, think that's because Mike did not come from skateboarding. Mike came from being, you know, he came to skate camp. He got kind of schooled on it. He was part of like he knew. It's so funny. I back then skate camp, Bobby G, Visalia YMCA skate camp had mm-hmm. Al Guterres and Benji Guterres who were running the thing. They both were Redwood High School students. That I was a cheerleader and cheerleader for them when they were wrestlers. They, that's <laughs> the, that's how they knew me. Oh, wow. And so when they were at camp, they were like they had brought Mike Ternaski to camp because they all were wrestlers for Cal Poly. San Luis Obispo. They had all wrestled. They were wrestlers there. And they and so Al calls up Mike like, hey, I'm doing this really crazy thing, skate camp in Reedley. Why don't you come check it out? Just like that, Mike comes, the rest is history. So Mike was more about the deal. And then, you know, coming in and doing, and like, like I'm, I'll never forget it. My first pro checks, my first two pro checks bounced. So I got a check. I was like, oh, pro, sick, put it in the bank, bounce. And you remember back in the day, your, if your check bounced, that meant your rent check bounced, your PG&E check bounced, your phone check, because all that. Everything. So, so I'm just you like. You let them all go after you made the deposit. Right, yeah, I was just like, like, oh, my God. You know, so then, okay, so they send me the check to fix the first check, and it bounces too. So now I'm like, you know, you got your homies going, man, you need to quit, bro. Like, you know, you got your girlfriend going, really? Is this going to happen? You know, and you're like, no, I'm serious. This is good. This is going to work. And then you call H Street. And there was one of Tony's girlfriends wasn't really down, and she wasn't really cool with me. And she said, I can't believe you can't handle it. And I was like, you bet, you got five minutes to have him call me back or I'm quitting. <laughs> and then Tony called me back and figured it out. And then like this. But like I, I, one of the things about it is, is that the reason we helped propel A Street to a point that we could get it. But then the, the stealing and the, gra- and the grabbing of other people and all that stuff, we, we, weren't, we, we weren't really understanding that. We were too busy wrapped up in our own like game, and then we start when we started to become aware of it, we started to get like kind of bummed on it, because we were like, we, we we started it starts to seep from the company owner into the riders, and the riders now are like, you know, you're at a pro contest and people are vibing you, and you're like, why? Oh, because we got that dude, and then you know, by we, association, yeah, like you're reality. you're totally yeah. guilty by association, but you're like, you know, I didn't have nothing to do with that dude. 
You know, and I remember there was one deal that they, they gave some kid a, I think it was Danny, they gave him an arcade to play in or something. And I remember I was like, y'all bought an arcade for that kid to play in? I'm all, damn, y'all are some weird ass people, man. Like you buy stuff for kids to play in so they'll ride for you. Oh, they but how about the team yeah, the team no, house? But let's let's uh let's talk also about some of the I mean, this is a lot of, of the other stuff that happened, uh, but let's talk about some they also just reissued your board a little oh, while yes. ago. I mean, you've had a long standing career with H Street. Oh yes. Um I mean just to sort of, you know, reset that through the adversity oh, hell the growing yeah. pains of All you of know. It. Well, that's the thing. It's like when your when your first check bounces as a pro, y'all immediately you do not take professional skateboarding serious. Then your second check bounces, and then you remember what Chris Miller said: professional toy rep. That's what you are. You know, we have taken off toy rep and made professional skateboarders. Now, okay, now Nigel, record you know record contract with with Nike. He's a professional athlete. Why? Because he's making the amount of money that makes him a living to do what he's doing. We were professional toy reps. We repped a toy. Great. Love it. I'll rep a toy any day. Why? Toys put smiles on kids' faces. Toy, I've never heard of a negative toy. Well, yeah, some, you know, the pink AK-50-47 is a <laughs> negative toy. But no, the it's idea that creepy you... Creepy clowns, too. Right. <laughs> but the idea that you represent a toy immediately changes the dynamic of which you think as a human being. Like, if you think you're all that and then some short, dark, and handsome... At the end of the day, you rep a toy. How tough are you? How cool are you? To like to kids, you're cool, but to like adults, they'd be looking at you like, I, you know, like I remember my parents were like, I was pro for like four years. My parents were like, so when are you gonna get a job? I was like, well, Mama, I'm, I'm pro. And they're like, pro at what? When are you gonna get a job? I was like, no, Mom and Dad, you gotta understand. Like this pro thing, I get like checks from my board being out. You know, I got things. They're like, okay, so yeah, and when that's done, what what are you gonna? What's your career? I was like, no, this is my career. My parents were some funny people, man. They they would they would they were proud of me, but they would make sure that I knew what I was doing because the question and the constant question of it would make you definitely think twice, you know. But yeah, like now with this reissue stuff, that's makes it sick too because we 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 brought Matt back to the fold, and so he's been doing a lot of good stuff with Matt. Steve Ortega got his board out. Danny's getting some stuff out. Schultes. These are guys that were around in, in the original, the origins mm -hmm. of H Street. So it's really awesome to see them getting what they deserve. Like, like Schultes to me is one of the funniest human beings in the world. And oh, he's the most, hilarious. He's the most misunderstood guy. But he, like, I he'll call me up out of nowhere and and just say the fun. Like, I I posted Instagram. I was in a suit, and Schultes calls out of nowhere like, "Nice suit." That's all. Like, it's like that's it. Like and. It's like, okay, Sal does the same thing. This call out of nowhere just like to make a comment to you and then go about their life. So I, I, I just, I still have a lot of love for the H Street guys and will never, never, ever disrespect. But I definitely remember, and through, like, through understanding and talking with Jim a lot, man, a lot of that stuff did really get to you. You know, like you were like, wow, like we'd even say to those guys, we don't need to steal nobody. Like, you don't need to. We got a good team. Yeah, we're good. Like it was There's almost like if you looked at H Street like a sports team, I got to be on a championship team. You're making videos. Yeah, that, was the, that was a good part for sure. Yeah. But also stuff you didn't realize, a lot of it is, like I said, they were backed by somebody else. Right. And blah, blah. They didn't check bounce because they didn't give them the money on time. Yeah. You know, like, there's all that stuff. It's not like they weren't selling anything. It's just like someone made a bad well, mistake. It's just how it gets handled. Like, you know? and I, like, I, when I first got on, they showed me the Evil Knievel movie. I thought it was cool, but 
I wasn't really into like they thought. I guess they showed it to me to think about jumping down big things and uh-huh. getting crazy. <laughs> I thought it was funny <laughs> when you told me so that story. Like really, yeah, evil Knievel. Like, and but I saw it as evil Knievel was one amazing human being who he wanted to jump Caesar's palace. He made himself his own attorney and called Caesar's palace as his own attorney, but it was him. Mm-hmm. And then he made himself his the own snake. Sa- the snake. Uh, snake, uh, snake, yeah, Snake River, snake but River. but Caesar's Palace is where he literally used his expertise as a human being and was like he was Evil Knievel. He was Evil Knievel, the lawyer that you didn't know was a lawyer. He talked to Caesar's Palace. Then he was also Evil Knievel, the health inspector who would say this was a great place for a jump. So so the two Evil Knievels that were fake, plus the real one, he talked Caesar's Palace into letting him jump, the jump. So when I heard that, I was like, Oh, that's rad! Like he he was his he was his own agent in a sense. So I got the idea. I was like, I wonder if you could do that for yourself. So I in some crazy I got this idea of being George. So I'd be like, Hello, it's George. I've got Ron Allen. Would you like to do a demo? Twenty five hundred dollars in a plane ticket. And then they would like send the plane ticket, and I'd get on the plane. I'd fly to the place, and I'd do my demo, and I'd get twenty five hundred. I'd get back on the plane. And I, I did it once. And then I was like, okay, what if I could do it again? And I called Minnesota, called the shop. Hello, it's George. You like to get Ron Allen? And I did it like so many times. And I started like, like fly out, come home, fly out, come home. And like, you know, H Street's like, what? What's going on? I'm like, just, just doing the skating thing. And then they flew me to San Diego. And I remember they picked me up at the airport. And at the airport, they were like, all right, who's this George dude? <laughs> You're like, uh, it's George. <laughs> I, I, and, I was, and I was like this. I go, I literally said to him, it's your fault. And they're like, what do you mean it's our fault? I'm all, you guys showed me the Evil Knievel movie. And they go, what the hell does that have to do with anything? And I'm like, look, you showed me the Evil Knievel movie, and he was three different people. I'm actually George. And they're like, what? I go, it's George. You know, and I did the whole thing for them. And they were like, at first, I thought they were going to be bummed. They were like, that is so cool. Like, you're, like, promoting yourself. I'm like, yeah, damn right. Done 10 of them now. I'm going to be taxed the hell out of them because I make 2500 demo. But, <laughs> but, like, it was, that was, but to me, that was, they were giving me an opportunity for me to promote or to, to be a professional skateboarder. So I, I didn't think there was any holds barred. You have to just do what you can, you know. Long, I mean, and that's what it live is right George. Now. George, yeah. And you know what's funny? George is my middle name. And the reason why I did George, because I I didn't want them to, like, do somebody else's name and then have them talk to me and be like, what are you talking about? You know what I mean? So I had to, like, keep it, like, Ronald George Allen. You're you're George from from England, right? Yeah, George. Or a wacky Australian English accent. But the funny thing is, okay, Evil Knievel, when he jumped Caesar's Palace, he crashed. Yeah. And so they had the numbers of the dudes, and they would call. They called all of his people. And it was all his number. Well, no one answered. So they're like, dude, you have nobody likes you. Like your your team of people, there's nobody. Yeah, the lawyer was sure here to cut the deal. He's not here to get you out of the hospital. What's going on? Like, where's your manager? No next of kin. Oh my god. But yeah, I mean, you 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 get lemons, you make lemonade. You know, uh, I think uh, that's what I. And when I see my board come back out again, I'm like, man, thanks guys, because Tony, that's a belief in. Obviously, putting something that did well for him out, and now he's like, you know, he's every time he does a board, he he's like, he's always done mats, and now he's getting ready to do mine. And I just got to give a shout out to Alex and Heather who negotiated my deal with him, and and they really did a good job with that, and I appreciate it. You know, like I have representation now, I guess. Not just George. 
No, George has been George retired. <laughs> George has been retired now. We're passing it over to the to the engineers, man. They're good people, and they and the one thing that they've always, one thing that Alex and Heather have always pointed out to me is we we talk about it on a confident but low key um, belief in yourself, love of yourself, and you know be be accountable, but don't get extra credit. Like be accountable, handle what you got to be, but don't. Who cares about extra credit? We're not in this world for extra credit. We're in this world for work right now. Yeah. Well, I got some words from Tony. Tony Mack? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, Ron Allen is the original skateboard artist and one of the first skaters that applied a creative mix up to his skateboarding with music, mixed media, arts, and just a creative take on skateboarding. Given he was one of the forefront of street skating, he also pioneered a number of different band, brands in skateboarding, all with one unique and creative take after another. Of course, his contribution to H Street is nothing short of legendary, with a lengthy list of creativity that helped define H Street in significant ways. Wow. Old T-Mag dropping dimes on us. Damn, you got a speechwriter for that shit. That's so nice. But you know what? I mean, we just explained to him the no-scratch graphic. So that's rad that he's... Because he didn't, like... You know, and, and, and there's an unfortunate... And I think that, like, we... There's a part of Tony Mag as a skateboarder that is unfortunate because... Dealing with the, the Mike, you know, Tony is the skater. Mike was the businessman. Tony was a businessman, great businessman. But at the end of the day, he kind of got influenced in a way that maybe he, if you look at deep down in his core, he's a good dude. So you go, ah, Mike was there doing his thing. But now what I'm noticing with him is he's very open to learn. Like he was like asking us about the no, he asked me about the no scratch graphic. And I thought, you know, you make a board graphic, you know all about it and stuff. And he's like, you know, you know, we just, you know, Tony's like, I just made this, you know, and we did our thing. But and I said, oh, no, me and Jeff Clint sat on a roof one day and we're talking about if we did a board graphic, it'd be sick to put it under the nose so it couldn't be scratched. And there's a reality of we're not trying to be different. But at, back then you could be. Like, in skate, you know, every graphic now has been done. But and then we were like, you could put a graphic under the front truck. It won't scratch it. So we called it the no scratch graphic. Well, then it turned into scratch and sniff. No, that's not what we did. It turned, it was nothing that, it got turned into so many things. So when we were, I was explaining it to Tony the other day, he was like, wow, like you actually, like you thought about that. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, wow, because you influenced all these people who wanted their graphics under their front truck. I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, like Danny wanted that. And Colby was talking about what, and he's like, everybody wanted the smaller graphic on the side of the boards, like your boards. I was like, wow, I didn't even know. I, I had no clue that I had that type of influence on people. So. Yeah, and we're all searching to find the, the uh, fountain of youth that you continue to street skate. You're the only street skater skating, and, you're, and I, you, know, you don't look your age, but it's like, you are the only one out there, you know, and big, huge props well, from Bryce Knights as well on, on that, you know. Well, um, those are the guys. Like, like when you, like Bryce Knights, like, like a lot of, like a lot of guys from the 90s and the 80s, and um, I can say this, were beta testers for every crazy skateboard thing that came out. Big pants, small wheels. Uh, cup soles, the vulcanized. I mean, they used the 80s and the 90s as the beta testers, right? So a lot of the guys, and then the, but in the 80s and the 90s in street skating was all about innovating and being and learning, getting getting better, getting better. Guys were getting better. You go like the to the DC scene, like Pulaski. You had guys like Andy Stone and like 
you know, there's there's just amazing dudes that that were in Washington D.C. ripping, and then but then all over these dudes were all like all these plazas were happening kind of at the same time. You had your EMPs, your Pulaski's, your Washington Squares, you know, your Astors in New York City. All these places were popping off with rad skaters. And I think that what happened in that framework was a lot of guys during the 90s and stuff were progressive more than they were worried about being on a sponsor. They were progressive. You had guys that just wanted to learn tricks. You had guys coming to the park, learn, coming to the spot, just learning tricks. There were so little dudes. There were so many dudes back then who didn't care about sponsorship. They just wanted to skate and have a good time. Then came in this new idea of being sponsored. And these guys were like the 90s guys when it moved into 2000s and on into this time. The 90s guys were like, I like skating for progression. So a lot of them kept skating. But because they weren't into being pro and they weren't amps and stuff, they were they just kept skating. So I kind of skate for all the guys that didn't have like the big pro career but still love the progression. Because that's really what I'm about. I, I like to progress. I like to push myself. Now in the last three months, I've broken both ankles and I've definitely had a reality check on what I'm doing. But I, I was literally at home in tears because I wanted to skate. Like I, I'm, like all I wanted to do was skate. Like I'm, I'm I was built by that. I, I lived it. I wanted it. My parents were like, "You just want to skate." Like I'm like, yeah. Like it's, it's it, it was it was based off of that. So at 56 years of age, yeah. So jumping down a set of stairs, it's not the, it's the same as it was 20 years ago. You know what I mean? It's like and the thing that people don't remember at 56 now. There's this health coverage thing that comes along because I'm older now, you know, like 50, Medicare. Yeah, like 55 and up, you know. So senior, now I can, senior discounts. Yeah. So now I can go to that stairs and have some determination. We, we ordered that. I think it was the first time we did it together. We ordered IHOP. Yes. And we, we went and boy ordered out the 55 and over. 55 like, and I'd never done it either. So we ordered it cheaper together. It was inexpensive. It was way to go. I'm telling you, man. I'm gonna. Okay. So think about it. I'm 56. I'm still excited about skateboarding. I've got now an insurance that says if I'm I can get hurt and they'll take care of me. So what? You think I'm not gonna jump down some more stairs? I think, I, you think I'm not gonna keep trying. You know what I mean? He's 65. Here yeah, he comes. Do you, do you think it's also because you're you're more conscious and cautious and makes you sure you do you don't go crazy. You don't keep trying to push yourself. Go bigger and no, bigger. No, no, and like you know. and I get, and that's okay. So then that comes back around to Robert. Mejia, Keir Johnson, filmers. My the filmers I work with are, and you know Magdalena was a filmer. She filmed a lot of my stuff too. Magdalena, my ex, was like filmed a lot. But Keir and Robert would always say, "No, dude, just do you. Just we, you, you do, do you. Don't worry about whether it's big, cool. We'll film it. You do you." And I, and those two guys, you know, we filmed a Rye Channel video part together, and we've done a couple of Instagram parts, and. Those guys were really instrumental in like, like they, I remember after filming one, like we filmed the whole part in DC and we were driving back and they kind of talked to me, they had like a talk with me and they're like, yo, how many dudes do you see doing what you're doing? And I'm like, just me. You know, they're like, okay, like, like you're in your own lane. You are. And I'm like, lane. so what does that mean? And they're like, don't look at anybody else's lanes, just stay in your lane, you know, stay in your lane and keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, yeah, but this is getting tougher because, you know, I'm getting older. And they're like, well, you know, we've got like five minutes of footage. We got to edit down to three. So if you're feeling old, you know, you what do you want us to do with the, the stuff we're throwing on the ground? I'm like, well, is it good? They're like, dude, like your footage is good. Just keep keep coming with it. With keep healthy. Doing. And now I got I got Spidey shamed. 
So now I'm gonna, <laughs> Spidey shamed me on how I'm, I'm eating. I'm gonna eat better. I'm 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 getting away from just having coffee and and then. <laughs> well, yeah, because that was so, so. I mean, Bryce even when he said that, you know, I think it's good food and like he fuels himself well. And so, but this is sort of a new occurrence for you. Uh, I just I don't you know I, I like you know I, my ex can tell you you know when she first met me I thought a Snickers bar and a bag of Cheetos was good dinner. And she was like, Ron, really? And then, you know, she kind of clued me into some better eating. And then, you know, the thing about it is, is that as you get older, you just want something quick and you want to make it happen. And like Spidey just explained to me, you know, there's quinoa and all this stuff I can use. And I just, you know, I'm I, I'm, a, I'm a child of the 80s, man. You know what I mean? Ain't nothing like a bacon and egg sandwich. You know what I mean? <laughs> but what you realize, you know, like I, like I even changed the way I drink coffee. I don't use sugar. I use honey. I use Khalifa, you know, or uh, almond and, you know, coconut milk. And, you know, I, when I'm at Starbucks, I ask for You're a You're not doing cup. yoga, though, are you? Oh, I do oh, yoga. Oh, you do oh, yoga. Okay. <laughs> sure. And you know what's funny? Okay, I do yoga. This is the funniest thing about yoga. Um, Magdalena went to, like, some yoga class. And she she came back like she went to some yoga thing and she came back with these uh these like DVDs of yoga and one of them was messed up or something they gave them to him for free and so that one I don't know why I kind of there's this dude Billy and I watch Billy and and there's there's one part and I guess Billy messes up and for some reason I just think that is the coolest you know way to do yoga with the dude messing up so we do the yoga and, and at the end of it I feel really good because. Yoga is just really, to me, stretching and breathing. No, it is. And, yeah. and, and yoga is amazing. Yeah, and then you wind up feeling like at the end of the session, like how, you know, after, it's funny, after the after the initial, like, breakup, I, I was tripping and I went and did hot yoga because I, like, you know, like, Magdalena had always told me that, like, it, was, it made you feel good and stuff, and so I was kind of bummed over the whole breakup, so I went to hot yoga, and that was the absolute worst thing I've ever done in my life. Get you dizzy. I was like, dizzy yeah. up in there, had the, the thing was over, I had to run to the bathroom, throw up. I was like, this is great. And like, and I was like, I was like, Magda used to go to this like every day. <laughs> I was like, that woman was tough as uh, uh Wow. Crazy. That's what I always tell kids. You know, if you want to know how to become an older skater, stay flexible. Yes. And I believe I still am not very flexible, but still, I wish I was more flexible. Well, I tell them now, start now. Well, Do yourself a favor. Okay, we're, we're going to go. I, I'm not a, uh, we're going to go, we're going to shift. Shift. Shift gears. Sorry, no, no, nothing against, it's, it, no, uh, nothing, okay. nothing against, we're just running out of time. Yeah. And I just want to make sure I, I, there's two things I wanted to get to. Okay. Um, and not no offense to any yogis out there. <laughs> I just don't want to see any of your handstands <laughs> anymore. Uh, <laughs> no more of these things yeah, no, <laughs> on the rock or whatever. Uh, no, I mean, uh, yeah, and flexibility. It's it, whatever works. Whatever works to get you. Well, and also I've got um, Claire gave me um, some product. This is awesome. Anti-inflammatory muscle joint oh, pain wow. relief. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got one for you, and I've got one for Jim as well. Okay. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about those um, as well afterwards. And I've got some Wave Soda uh, vouchers for you as well. They're, um, this is an awesome company. It's 85% sparkling water, 15% juice, no added, oh. any crap, no no fake sugar. Oh. You know, only sugar in there is from the fruit juice. Oh. And then they, they say politely caffeinated. So there's a little bit of caffeine in there as well. Um, but it's a it's a pretty cool. Um, they're they're responsible for sending me out to Super Bowl as well nice. uh, for you know the week and so. Uh, but they but the product's good, so I'll have some vouchers for you guys on that as well. Uh, but what I wanted to talk about first is, and we've we've got a little bit of time left. Um, obviously, Sick Boys. Um, I'm totally shifting gears right now. Sick Boys is a really special, really 
Mac Dog. I tried to reach out to, to uh, Mike and I couldn't reach him. Um, but this video was made essentially just documenting spots and the fun and love of skateboarding. And I mean, and then I think uh, Bryce told me that he, at the end he went and shot um, shot Nottis in yes. uh, Santa Monica for the ending part. But I mean, Tommy and you and I mean the the list of uh, uh, Mickey and. I mean, and I'm, I can't even list all the skaters in it, but being a part of that video, what did, does that illustrate what skateboarding means to you oh, in some yeah. ways? Oh, I mean, I, you know, that video to me was exactly what, got, moving to the Bay Area and being in that video was exactly what it was. It's like the idea of, I came up here, I came up to the Bay, I didn't know anybody, I, I kind of was following this young woman, she was doing her thing, and then... I kind of got hooked up with Jim, Debo, and Tommy, and then it's just like everything sort of rolled after that. And and they, but they when Bryce said, "Hey, my friend Mac Dog's gonna come through and film," he said, "You know, um, you want to film? I got this camera on a stick. You know, we're gonna do some stuff." And I remember just being like, "He's got a camera on a stick. Cool." You know. And then from there, it just and me and Mac Dog over the years have just become like we're really good friends, and I'd see him at different things, and it was great to see him. But that sick boys was like. You didn't really know that you were filming a video that would become classic. You just were stoked to be able to skate with your friends, you know, yeah. like, and Nottis, of course, doing his being Nottis, you know, Nottis yeah. is Nottis. Like, I think people don't realize that about Nottis Coppice. I think Nottis, Nottis ha could see things that you couldn't see and then go do them. And that's just like, that's just Nottis. Like, you know, yeah. he would spinning on a fire hydrant or, or like, I remember like just. Chris Sen is one like that too, yes. I think. Or they, they just, there's certain ones that see things differently. Yeah, they look at the course. And they see things differently than you do, you know. So okay, and I've got um, I've got a quote also um, from Chris Pastoris for you. Chris Pastoris, dude. Ron Allen is a huge inspiration and has been for me since the early earliest H Street days. So we're talking three decades, and I'd say he's almost more of an inspiration now than ever because he is one of the few skaters who have still ripping the streets well into his fifties. One can only hope to be going as hard as Ron at his age. Big love, Ron, and carry on, brother. Thank you for carrying the torch as a proud black man, an artist, a businessman, and a skateboarder. I'm from the streets. Okay. No, I mean, so, no, I mean that's so nice. And 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 you know, I I have to, I just I love every skateboarder. I, I was saying that we, I just I have such a love for skateboarding and skateboarders, and I just I don't. I don't know, man. I, I all these comments and stuff are really nice and stuff, and I'm, I appreciate it. And I and and it really has made me look at things differently when it comes to the whole skateboard thing. You know, like how people are, and and I and like I I really am. Uh, my big thing here is is I'm I really am trying to learn to be more of a positive influence in this skate game, and by being that, hopefully I can change some lives and make things better for people. You know, but at the end of the day. It, it is skateboarding. We fall down and get back up. And, you know, to some of us, it's enough. And some people like, you know, it, it I, I, you know, it's just nice to hear stuff like that from your peers. Cause I got mad respect for what Chris does. I got mad respect for, you know, Tony, Jim, everybody. And, and like, like here, you know, with Jim being here with Jim is, has been really amazing because we have such close insights. And when we spend time talking about him, it makes you feel good because you're like, okay, I am not that crazy. There was somebody else that felt the same way as me. And it's really comforting sometimes to have that. Cause you do, if you weren't part of the bigger thing, sometimes it did feel like they were kind of trying to do ill or be weird to you. And so now you realize that, yeah, other people felt that. And so now, you know, that we've gotten to this place at our age, 
I don't, I'm, I'm so thankful that of everything. I'm like, I'm very thankful of that I live the life. I'm thankful I woke up this morning. So, yeah, it's like, I, to me, it's just more, look, what's going to happen more? Like, I, I have this feeling that we all someday will come to a position when we'll realize that skateboarding opened us up more to a spirituality that we never understood. You know, it was the skateboard that was the catalyst to open us to a spirituality that gave us common sense, intelligence, gave us a belief in ourselves, gave us love, gave us hope. Resilience. Resilience to constantly. And I think skateboarders, I think if I was a parent, I would want my kids to be a skateboarder, not because I'd want them to be sponsored, because I'd want my kids to be around people like that. Yeah. Like dudes that got up, women that got up and who went and for it fell, got up and tried it again. Because a lot of us in this in this society, you know, when we we run into a wall, we stop. Yeah. And I've like skateboarders, I've never heard of, I, skateboarders. We don't. We figure out we like, take some slams yeah, and keep going. Get right back up, you know. And 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 that to, that stands the testimony of time. You know, that's what we do. And and much love to everybody. And I love that your show is football and skateboarding. You know, because. I'm a Raider fan. Sorry. We were gonna. Well, I was like, wasn't gonna talk about where they're gonna play next year, but because that's still not not known yet. <laughs> well, hopefully, if they will be in Oakland. They're nego- I, last thing I heard, they're negotiating with with the the mayor and. You know, He's not budging. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, the, right now. Not the, from what I've heard. Yeah. But, <laughs> the, so. the mayor, the mayor, and the quarterback. They should just talk because they talk a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. we're, gonna they should talk we're gonna have to have Ron back in during the season for his uh, Raider, uh, Raider I mean, commentary. I'm a fan of the Raiders. I'm, a, I'm always gonna live, love the silver and black. But I just, man, come on, NFL. Yeah. Oh man. Well, you know, and on the football note, and we, I have to, we have to wind it up here. Sadly, is uh, I did ask Julian Edelman because he does skateboard, but he actually gave a lot of props to skateboarding. I asked him in the press conferences for the Patriots uh, no pre-Super way. Bowl. And I asked, you know, the same thing, you know, as as being a skateboarder, falling and getting back up and dropping right back in again. That's kind of what we know. That's what we do. That's what we know. Did it make him tougher on the field? And, you know, and he, he gave a lot of prize. Like, God, I'm, I'm the skateboarder that wanted to be a skateboarder. I'm not really, you know, I feel like I'm not a skateboarder. Um, but, yeah, that, you know, eventually, you know, and he gave props to all the guys and girls skating as well. But he said, yeah, you know, skateboarding did make me um a tougher, yeah. you know, because Jim Kelly or Jim Gray, actually uh, Westwood one uh, play-by-play for Thursday Night Football, asked him how on his time. The other so It was a, a follow-up. Yeah, I was like Jim Gray. Okay, my worlds are uniting completely. <laughs> Jim Gray's right here. He's my here. Google blocker. Julian Edelman's <laughs> over there. Well, that's um, rad about Julian Edelman too, because I, you know, played a great game in the Super Bowl. Great MVP. Seemed, yeah, seemed like a great guy. But then to hear that he's got a little skateboarding—that's cool. I like. I like him more. I, I like him a good more. Vibe. I like him more. Well, because I heard like Joe Flacco. I heard rides a skateboard. Well, like and I've got so John Kelly, running back for the Rams, is actually skates skates park skates bowls and ramps. Uh, he's a running back. Yeah. He's going to be coming in studio soon too. I've uh, reached out to him as well. He's going to be coming in. Jerry Harrison Jr. Um, like MLB, like yes. you know, family. Yes, uh, will be also in studio. He's been on the show, but he'll be in studio. Melvin Gordon uh, for the Chargers. Um, Don Brown, Christian Asoy, Jim Gray as well will be in studio coming up. We've soon. talked about it. Yeah, we've talked yes, about and it. And we just got to lock in a date here <laughs> and uh, and a slew of other people. Um, but you guys, thanks so much uh, for tuning in again. Uh, you want to follow Ron to follow up what's going on because you've got so many things going on now as well and I'm sad we didn't get a time to uh, share about those things but definitely follow you on Instagram follow at Ron Allen Skate Ron Allen Skate MC Intelligence Ron Allen <laughs> Aiden Skateboards <laughs> it's you know, all a life I, of 
Oops, I'm sorry. It's all a life of fun. We just we we were doing some new board stuff with with like my friends out in Florida, Alex and Heather, and you know we'll you'll be hearing, you'll see. All right, cool. And then also follow the Desiree Show on Instagram or or my personal Desiree underscore Storga, and I will also post those on my stories and Gray Slide in the corner Slide. pocket. Grace Slide will be coming in studio as well. Um, the chauffeur and uh, <laughs> superior, <laughs> the bromance bro. The bromance continues. Bromance chef. Uh, but you guys, thanks so much for tuning in. This is the Desiree Show on Dash Radio and have a dynamite week and we're out. Yes. Okay. All right. Sorry, that was quick. And we're out. And oh, wow. Sounds different when you take those headphones wow, off. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Hello. Welcome back to the real world.